and I want to say that the whole time Mark was preaching this morning, I kept thinking of the verse, and I tried to find it. If God be for us, who can be against us? I think that we need to remember that. that uh, whatever the situation is in Jeff City, Springfield, Washington, D.C., if God be for us, who can be against us? And that that does not mean it's always going to be a smooth road, but ultimately we are going to be triumphant in Him. Well, again, I want to thank the I want to thank both churches for the opportunity to come and to be a part of your monthly gathering. I think the ladies. I found they enjoy it, and I definitely appreciate it and look forward to it. And hopefully one of these days the Lord will allow us to have something, a little corner, a little shoebox. And then, Mark, I will sit down and let you two preach. Until then, this is good enough for me. Well, this morning, this afternoon, if you would open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, the 139th Psalm, and Lisa and Aaron have heard part of this, it's been a little bit revamped, I kept thinking about it for the last couple of weeks, and uh, it kind of fell, we've been going through the 139th Psalm for a little while. And we came up on verses 17 and 18. And for some reason, I just want to preach that here this morning or this afternoon. So we kind of touched on it a little bit last Sunday. And uh, Lord willing, we will complete it this afternoon. With that in mind, open your Bibles to Psalm 139. We want to read verses 1 through 18. And I know that sometimes this gets to be a little of a joke. And I'll continue it. We're not trying to pick out who reads the most. But I'm only going to read 18 verses, not 21. Now when it's all said and done, I might, but... For starters, no. Mark's got the the tally for the day. (laughs) This is true. This is true. And if we're reading out of the scriptures, it's all going to be true. So Psalm 139, beginning in verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my way, my path, and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, but, lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. 
Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be a light upon me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me with thy, in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee, when I was made in secret, and curiously brought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in my in thy book all my members were written, which is content which in continuance were fashioned, when as they and yet there was none of them. I want to stop there for just a moment. Going back to Brother Mark's message this morning, these verses I have been anti-abortion that's my knowledge all of my life it never seemed to make sense but these previous verse we just read here the parts the Lord has written down he is aware of every single child that is conceived and how it was conceived how can we be so obstinate has to think we know better than he does. That kind of hit me last last Sunday morning. I think I spent a little more time with you than I really intended to with uh, Lisa and Aaron uh, last Sunday. But it really hit me how acquainted God is with a conceived child. That's that's my addition to Mark. Now verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Our Father, we are thankful for the truth, which is your word. Not the truth, Father, contained in your word, but the truth that is your word. And we're thankful for it. We're thankful, Father, for this body, or these two bodies. We're thankful, Father, for this opportunity to open your word. To have fellowship and communion with your people. And, Father, may we be always be mindful that there's nothing that you're not aware of. There's nothing that's taken you by surprise. And there's been nothing that you have not placed your seal of approval on that it might befall us. 
we may not understand we may not even father appreciate at the time but yet we must remember that you work all things together for good to those that love you to those that are the called according to your purpose may those of us that are called glorify honor and praise you in all things for Christ's sake amen these words of David are words that only one who knows the God of heaven and earth can really speak with any credibility or any truth in what they're saying. Now anybody can read Psalm 139 and think, that's me. I'm of the mind that every human being is responsible to obey every single word in the scriptures. But only those that God has enabled to perceive them correctly truly can apply them. And I think sometimes we cheapen the scriptures by throwing them out there as if everybody understands them. We as individuals don't have the same level of understanding even though we're gifted by God to perceive his word. We've been born again. We've been given the eyes of seeing and the ears of hearing. But we don't all hear to the same degree, the same understanding. The three preachers in this room, we don't all have the same level of understanding or the same depth of particular topics that each other one of us have. But the word of God is a book that was written by God who had the first pen put to the paper before the foundation of the world and has been preserved till June 26, 2021, 22, for our admonition and for our ability to be taught out of. But with that all being said, David, and what he says in these 18 verses, and even those that go afterward, lets it be known that there are some things David knows very well about his God. David knows that God knows him completely inside and out. Look at verse 1 through 5. Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down. And I'm acquainted with all my ways. David understands that there is nothing about him 
that God doesn't know. Let me ask you, can you say that same thing this afternoon? Can you honestly say that you understand that there's nothing about you that God does not know completely? In fact, even more so than you do. I'm afraid that if you're like me, you can at times deceive yourself and give yourself a little bit more credit than you deserve. It's a dangerous thing to do because you might begin to believe your own stuff. But then when that happens, the Lord usually sends a banana peel for me to step on and bring me back to my senses. But it goes on and says, For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. The last slip of the tongue you made a week ago, that word that should not have come out of your mouth, God knows about it. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Folks, God knows us. David knows that there's no place he can go that God is not there. Verses 7 through 10. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the, take, to the, take the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. David knows something. He can't shake God. He can't get away from it. David knows that God is not limited as we are in our vision. Day and night, light and darkness are both the same to God. You know, we don't see in the dark very well. We have to have flashlights, artificial lights. According to David, Psalm 139, verses 11 and 12. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even night shall be light upon me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. God knows David. David knows God. And David knows that God knew while yet in his mother's womb as his parts were being put together God was very well aware of it. Again, verse 13 through 16. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and thy 
and my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, and yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. This knowledge that David declares here is as he says, I believe it's in verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. We think we understood what those verses said. But I believe verse 6 tells us we haven't scratched the surface yet. It is too wonderful for us. We can't attain unto it. But yet it behooves us to spend as much time in his word and in his presence that we might have a little bit more understanding. You know, we can never become complacent and think, well, I know enough. Or we need to know that much more. But as I said earlier, these are the thoughts, this is the knowledge that only a child of God whose heart has been prepared by God to receive these truths. It has to be prepared. You know, we don't come into this world ready to hear and ready to receive the word of God. We have to be prepared. And for some of us, that preparation might have been 10 years. It might have been 20 years. It may have been 50. And it may be that as yet hasn't happened to someone. But when it does happen, they'll know it. And then they can begin to grow in the things of God. But David has made some statements here. And as David considers these things, it seems that he pauses in verse 17. Because actually verse 17 and 18 I want to deal with this afternoon. He seems to pause and reflect on the previous verses as it begins to go into verse 17. He says, how precious also. It's like he's thought about the first 16 verses. And he concludes in his mind, this, these are truly marvelous, wonderful, and precious thoughts. And then he goes a bit beyond because he adds to that. How precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God, 
How great is the number of them? It's like David has all of a sudden come to a conclusion. God really thinks about me. And you know what? That's a precious thought to me. My God knows me. And then I stop and I think about what I want to cross David's mind. What David says in Psalm 51, the first 12 verses. But let's just read a few verses. We won't read all of verse, the first 12 verses. But let's just look at some of Psalm 51, where David talks about himself. David kind of recounts a situation that he created for himself. In Psalm 51 and verse 1 he says, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin that's ever before me. Against thee, thee alone have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, blot out my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. David is thinking back to his time with Bathsheba. And how he desired to have Uriah, her husband, killed so that his sin might seem to not be seen. But then David is brought to a point in Psalm 51 where he has to cry out to God, Have mercy upon me, O God. Because against thee and thee alone have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. When David, I think, thought about his sin with Bathsheba and his part in Uriah's death, that had to be in David's mind when he wrote Psalm 139. God has his precious thoughts about me, me that did what I did with Bathsheba and Uriah. Yet he had precious thoughts to me. 
in Luke 5, chapter Luke chapter 5 and verse 8. We won't turn there, but Peter makes a declaration of himself. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. Reading your part, he says, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. David acknowledged his sin. Peter acknowledged his sin. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 24, Paul speaks of himself saying, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? What I'm getting at, folks, is that when we think of ourselves, when we see ourselves as David saw himself, or we see ourselves as Peter saw himself, or as Paul saw himself, we've got to marvel and think God has thoughts about me. God is mindful of me. And you know something, folks? It's worse than that. There's seven things I want us to note about ourselves. And I have no doubt in my mind that these seven are played everyone in this room. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, the fall of man, because man was disobedient. So we're disobedient. We are liars. Psalm 58, first three verses, tells us that we come from the womb speaking lies. We glorify God not as God. Romans 1, 18 through 32 makes this very clear. We even go so far in Psalm 14 and 1 to deny his existence. Where the fool has said there is no God. That's us. We are alienated from God. Ephesians 4, 17 through 19. We are rightfully deserving of God's anger every day. And God is angry with the wicked every day. And we are deserving of his wrath. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. All of these things being true. And yet again, God thinks on us. And he has thought on us, not from the foundation of the world, but before the very foundation of the world. God thought on us. David said, precious are the thoughts of God towards me. I trust, I hope, and I pray that every single one of you can say the same thing. Precious also are thy thoughts unto me. 
But what are some of these thoughts? These thoughts that God had for us, not when we were born, not when we began to walk, not when we came to knowledge of our sin and our need of a Savior and Christ was shown to us. Way before that, God thought about us. You know, the word precious means something of great value. Think this afternoon that the thoughts of God towards us are inestimably valuable. We cannot put the least value. We can't comprehend the value, the preciousness of God's thoughts. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. Some of those thoughts. In the book of Jeremiah, if you would, turn there to chapter 31 and verse 3. Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. Because I believe the words that Jeremiah pins here are applicable to anyone that knows God, that knows Christ, and the Savior of their soul. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. There's a verse in the book of John, the sixth chapter. I believe that's where it is, but no man comes unto me except my Father is in heaven. Draw him. That drawing was a drawing that it had its foundation had its roots in the loving kindness of God from everlasting to everlasting. There was never a time past. There will never be a time future to anyone that can speak what David did in Psalm 139 doesn't apply to. God's thoughts for us have no end. They began before the foundation of the world. And in fact, God prepared a kingdom for us before the foundation of the world. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, let us read verses 31 through 34. Matthew 25, beginning at verse 31, down including verse 34. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit down, sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, 
and they shall separate them one from another as the shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats and he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left then shall the king say unto them on his right hand come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world God's thoughts for his people included a kingdom prepared from the foundation of the world have you thought about that before Christ said I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place I'll return and I'll come and get you and take you to where I am well folks God has prepared a, prepared a kingdom for us from the foundation of the world in Ephesians chapter 1 in the first four verses we are told they were chosen by God in Christ before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are to Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We were chosen in Christ by God before the foundation of the world. Do not give yourself any credit for your salvation because it was God's doing before you ever were a thought. You are a thought in God's mind. Do you think you're valuable to God? Let me tell you, you're very valuable to God. The love of God, I can't comprehend it. I really can't. I can say I love my kids. I can say I love my wife. I can say I love my parents. But the love of God goes way beyond anything that I ever could begin to comprehend. Because it is a love that has been everlasting. To think, I was in the mind of God before there was one star hung in the, in the universe. Before there was one drop of water on this earth. I was in the mind of God. What he was doing, he was doing with me in mind. So that one day on March Air Force Base in Riverside, California, I could talk to a young man and he would tell me of Christ. And I was saved that afternoon because God thought about me 
before the foundation of the world. Do not take your salvation lightly, folks. It was yours. It was given to you before the foundation of the world in the mind of God. And it was only in the passing of time when God said, okay, that day is here. His time has come. Her time has come. The scale's going to come off the eyes. And the blood's going to come out of the ears. They're going to hear. They're going to see. And I'm going to save them. Before the foundation of the world. We're redeemed. By the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before the foundation of the world. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 18 through 20. First Peter chapter 1 beginning in verse 18. For as much as you know. That you are not redeemed with corruptible things. As silver and gold. From your, sin, from your vain conversations. Received by traditions from your fathers. Both the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested these last times for you. Christ was foreordained. The plan of your salvation, if you are saved this afternoon, was foreordained by God before the foundation of the world. Precious? I'm not sure precious really says it enough. But it was enough as far as God was concerned, that's what he used. So I'm going to use the word precious. Are the thoughts of God to David and to any one of us or anyone in this room that knows God because Christ made God known unto them. He goes on and tells in our text and I'll try to draw this to a close. In the latter part of verse 17 he says, Oh God, how great is the sum of them. which tells me the few thoughts that I mentioned this afternoon are nothing compared to all the thoughts God has for us. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. Well, let's take you went to a beach. A freshwater beach or a saltwater beach. Remember all that sand you brought home? That's nothing compared to the thoughts that God has for you. Folks, the love of God. I'm gonna try to keep I'm gonna try to keep I'm gonna keep it together. But the love of God is unfathomable. The depth of his thoughts for us. I have to admit to you, I've read Psalm 139 before, but it just never really kicked me in the head to realize 
deep the thoughts about me and the love of God towards me really what how, how deep it is and you know what it goes even a little bit further in verse 18 he says when I awake I'm still with thee day and night night and day you're always with me no matter where I go there's nothing that can separate me from you when I read that part of verse 18 I think about David waking up in the morning and thinking God's still with me he's with me when I went to bed last night he's with me now consider just for a moment Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 39. Don't turn there. But there it tells us that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ. That everlasting love that was ours before the foundation of the world, there's nothing that can separate us. Not death. Not peril. Not disease, not darkness. Nothing can separate us. If we get nothing else this afternoon, and I'm not saying I'm taking anything away from what Mark said this morning, I'm just talking about this afternoon. The love that God has for his people is unfathomable. But yet, he was not satisfied. And he will not be satisfied until his love in Christ for his people comes to its fruition. And they come unto him for eternity. I don't know what to say to anyone that does not want any parts of that. But you know, there are people that don't want it. There are people that do not want God on his terms. They don't want him to rule over them. I guess we'd have Satan rule over them for eternity. This proves what's going to wind up. But folks, consider the love of God and his thoughts for us. And may they be precious to us.